Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob. I thought I'd share with you some ways to minimize people setting up in competition against you. So I get a lot of people worrying, complaining that people are setting up in competition with them. They're scared of bringing staff through and training them up just in case they leave. I had one person today who's uh, uh, quite a successful window cleaner and he wants to scale up his window cleaning business and he's worried if he hires other window cleaners they'll set up in competition with him. Now I have a lot of experience in this because I run a a training business, it's the biggest of its kind in the UK and I've trained probably half the competition in terms of property training companies uh, in this space. So I've felt the pain, I've seen the upside as well because there is and I've got 10 things I think can help you and this is mindset as well as skill set when it comes to people setting setting up in competition. So the first thing is you can't really fully stop it um, because we are in a free market capitalist society where competition is encouraged. Now the upside of competition is this and you're emotionally you're maybe not going to get it for a while Um, and even as I've understood this more still I get triggers emotionally sometimes which think well fine competition is fine but someone else and not me. So the competitive element of our marketplace is in a way a self-regulating environment because if you have competition then they keep you innovating, you want to be better than them, the fact that you want to be better than them makes you maybe look after your clients best. We seem to have the noisiest bird in the tree ever, giving you a bit of commentary. Um, The competition frustrate you, they motivate you, you can learn from them, you know you get so upset when uh, they rip you off. Um, But in reality, let's all be honest, we've copied, modelled, ripped off people in the past, been inspired by others. You can't help but be inspired by people around you. We all learn through osmosis the best. So even unconsciously, we're copying people all of the time. So you can't fully stop it. Um, And you wouldn't want to fully stop it, even though you think you do. I've got a couple of new competitors that have come into one of the spaces that I'm in. And I don't think they necessarily do. I think they make a few over promises. And so, you know, there's quite a lot of people in my space saying, oh, they're going to be gone in a couple of years. And they make these false claims. Maybe, maybe not. Let's see that. I'll leave that to the market regulators. Um, But they have definitely got me thinking in a different way, upping my game, remembering that there are actually some similarities between the way I used to be seven or eight years ago, more disruptive, you know, more out there, more gregarious, more outrageous. And it's actually got me stepping up my game. Now, my companies are up 37% year on year, which in your 13th, 14th year, it's pretty hard to do. And they are probably 10% to do with that. These are a couple of people who've come into the space and disrupted a bit, just like I used to do. I can't moan about being disrupted when I used to do that. So remember that everything that your competition and the new kids on the block are doing, you probably did at some stage. And so this world has this funny way of showing you all sides. So the second thing then 
is if you want to grow, you have to train people. If you want to grow, you must let go. And the only way that you can grow to a sort of an empire level, if that's what you want, is by having staff, by having trainers, by entrusting people to do the things that only you normally do, by maybe making yourself redundant and even making them and elevating them better or higher than you. Now, the greatest leaders are not people who are necessarily the most inspiring or motivating. That's a sort of a slightly outdated definition of a leader. I think the best definition of a leader is someone who inspires, trains and educates other leaders. A leader develops leaders. So the best, you're almost like I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, when he's fighting Darth Vader and he holds up his lightsaber and he says, you strike me down and I will become more powerful than you could ever imagine. So I'm a bit of a kid. Uh, and, you know, he knows that he will rise and be more powerful and you will rise and be more powerful the more people you elevate up. So eventually the reality is if you train people really well, there is the risk that they'll go it alone. Now, I've got some ways that you can minimise that. But I think if you sort of zen to, in, to yourself that they probably will go on their own one day, uh, you can feel a sense of pride in that. Like the fact that I've trained probably half the space um, in the property world, it does give me a deep sense of pride. And occasionally some of the competitors do things I wouldn't do or we had a bit of a fallout from time to time. And that's, of course, that's mildly frustrating. But I can only be grateful and they can only be grateful, you know, when, when all the emotions are gone. Okay, so the paradox of training people is this. You train them, they get good, they could fire you. If they don't get good, you can't grow. So here's how I think you can get around that. Instead of thinking about I'm training this person and therefore I'm risking them having all the, all the knowledge and them leaving, create the systems, the processes, the manuals, the training videos, the audios, create the flow and the system that transcends any individual. So if you're training a person, if you're building systems around and underneath them as you go, if they leave, then someone can replace them because you have the systems. And two, you won't feel like you're putting all your energy and knowledge and experience into someone that could leave, could screw you, you know, could cause you um, a real, could, it's essentially you're not creating your competition. And then that means that you're not reliant on individuals because you have your systems and processes. It's also good, it's, it's kind of like a good zen for you. Because if you feel like you're putting all your time into someone and then they leave, that is definitely um, frustrating at best. Um, if you're putting all of you, a lot of your efforts into a system as well and someone leaves, you've got the system. That's what you're left with. And that's how you build with franchises and, and global businesses. All right, cool. What have we got next then? So four, if you understand the values of an individual, you're more empowered to motivate them. So if you've got really good staff, the paradox is they're really good. They could do it on their own and you want to keep them. So if you know their values and what's most important to them, could be progression, recognition, autonomy, money, control, you know, whatever. Um, and you meet their needs through your enterprise. I like to call these people intrapreneurs. Um, an entrepreneur does it on their own. An employee does it thanks to being um, having all the risk taken care of by the, the employer. The entrepreneur is in the middle. They don't want to take the big risk of the entrepreneur. Um, but at the same time, they want to be treated like an entrepreneur. So find out their values, what's most important to them, and then link progression with your company, the vision of your company, their rewards, link it to their values and they'll stay. I won't, I'm not saying they'll stay forever. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But at least you'll minimise the turnover. Um, I've had a lot of people leave. I've had a lot of people set up in competition. But this is the thing that a lot of people don't know. I've had even more stay for five, seven, eight, nine years. So, um, yeah, you, you know, you can get people to stay as well as people always moving on. OK, that leads me to point five then, which is the three main elements for someone um, to feel motivated, inspired and to stay with you for the longest in a role is P-R-A. 
Now money, M, is fourth, uh, which is quite interesting. You wouldn't have thought that. But P-R-A becomes before money. I'm not saying money isn't important, but I'm saying P-R-A is worth about 15 20% more than on, on top of the salary. So you can pay less having P-R-A. P is progression, R is recognition, and A is autonomy. So the trouble when you start up and you're quite small in business is they don't have a load of progression. That's why people will go into a career and, you know, they'll work for 20 or 30 years because they can see the ladder working up. There's downsides to that, of course, but a lot of people like that. They want to know where their career is going. They want some security of the future vision of their career. And if you've never really hired many people and you haven't got CEO or chairman and then MD and then ops manager and then manager and then middle manager... They can't see that. So you have to give them progression through training, through education, through you working with them one-to-one, giving them some of your time, um, creating a future org chart and future roles that they could move into. Recognition, this is massive. Uh, And I know no matter how much I do this, I could do it more. Uh, And really the job I find for myself oftentimes is to walk through the office and work out where I can praise people and give them recognition and, and balancing doing it publicly And if you do that, you've got to be consistent with everyone and doing it privately um, because people will feel so inspired and motivated and they will do things greater than they thought they could do themselves. They feel recognised, rewarded, inspired, cared for. And then A is autonomy. Everyone hates getting micromanaged. You know that. I don't even need to talk much about that. So get a smart person who's done the job before, ideally, who's got the right attitude. Give them all the resources and training to do the job, which we haven't often done, by the way. We've hired smart people and just chucked them into a fire. And then once you've given smart, proven, good attitude people all the resources to do their job and good training then let them crack on and do the job and don't get in their way. And it's, not, it's the hardest thing probably for an entrepreneur to do. And I know I'm not perfect at it myself because it's your company, it's your baby and you care. Um, but the more you give them autonomy, the more they can grow beyond you. Okay, number six then is why don't you suggest to them once you feel like maybe one day they're going to go on their own and there's an opportunity that opens to have that conversation, say to them, look, if you ever do want to think about going on your own, please let me know. Maybe we could partner. You know, if you want to set up a new business or one on your own, I could, I could help you. I've got a lot of resources I can bring to the table. Now, I wouldn't say that straight away. Um, but if I saw a window of opportunity open, I'd say that. And I've definitely kept a few team members by doing that. Sometimes we've set up together and we're still in business. Sometimes we set up together and it didn't quite work out in the long run. Sometimes we set up together, it didn't work out, but then they came back and worked for us because they, they were able to try it. Uh, and it certainly worked for me a few times, but you do have to time when you say it, you don't want to say it too early. Um, wouldn't you agree, though, that it's better to have taught your competition than not? Because if you can say, hey, look, I trained my competition, I've worked with my competition, um, that gives you that elevated position above them. So would you rather train your competition and know about them, you know, and therefore have that strategic advantage, or not train them, then blindside you, and then them come and take a big part of your market share? So be careful what you wish for. Um, number eight, be careful, if you can, not to fall out with them. Now, this is the hard bit, because in a lot of the world, especially in the American glorified cinematic world, you, you know, when you watch things like Suits and Billions, it's like the way that they treat their competition is they're aggressive, they're angry, they're hard, they screw them over. It's always one-upmanship. I don't think that's the real world. And I think you have to be careful that, that um, the way you see competition is glorified by media. The best way to be engaged with your competition is to collaborate, first of all. I mean, if you could create a joint venture partnership that's bigger than the pair of you, then that's the best way. The second, at least the second best way is to not step on each other's toes, learn from each other. That's a smart way. Um, and then the third best way, at the very least, is just to not get in a dogfight with them. Because if you get in a fight with them, you're distracted from what you're supposed to do by getting in a fight with your com- competition. So I think we've got to relook at what, how people perceive competition. 
Number nine, and this is important. Most people think when people leave or set up a competition, oh, they're screwing me over. I'm getting screwed. I'm sick of people screwing me. No one sits there and thinks, yeah, I screwed that person over. Well, okay, maybe a few people do. But most people, they don't think they're screwing you when you think they're screwing you. They think that they're doing what it is that they want to do or that they have valid reason to do it or they're just trying to make a living or they're doing what they always wanted to do since they were a kid. So, you know, don't get too happy that people are always screwing you all the time. Um, if there's a common thread of what people are doing to you, what's the common denominator? I remember my mum sitting me down after a, I'd had a string of a few failed relationships, let's put it that way. I'm not saying I'm a stud, it, it wasn't a load, but um, I was attracting similar type of woman. And um, I sat down and I said to my mum, and I don't really open up to my parents a huge amount when it comes to relationships, but I said to my mum, man, what's going on? Why can't I find a, a really good woman? There's no decent women in Peterborough. <laughs> and my mum was like, there he is. You just have to keep looking. Well, what's going on? And I said, well, I seem to be going out with all these psychos, psycho after psycho after psycho. And mum just looked at me with a lovely mothering smile and she said, so what's the common denominator with all these women? Well, they're all nutters. They all do this. They all do that. They'll stalk me. They'll bang on my door at two in the morning. And mum was like, no, no, no. Who's the common? Yeah, of course. And I was the common denominator until I realised what I was attracting into my life on repeat. I wasn't able to fix that problem. As soon as you see a different attitude towards your competition, then your competition immediately change. And whilst we've set up, um, we've had a few trainers that have set up in competition against us, we've had way more partnerships and way more collaborations. And even in more modern times, um, I can only think of maybe one exception. Um, when we've had someone who set up in competition um, or a venture that hasn't worked, water's gone under the bridge, we've reconnected. Sometimes we've gone into a joint venture again in the future, or at least we've sort of made peace and it's all good. And I think that's really important. If you want to be in a market for 10, 20, 30 years, if you want to rise to the top in your niche, you know, that's... You've got to do that. You can't go having fights with everyone. Um, and then finally, really important, when you train people, when you work with people, when you collaborate with people, um, when you hire people, they do not work for you. And I remember when I set up in business, being an entrepreneur, why did I do that? I wanted to work for myself. I wanted the freedom. And I wanted people to work for me rather than me work for others. And that is what everyone thinks until you hire staff. Uh, and then you realise if you ever use that card, you work for me, do what I tell you, you work for me, then you're going to have a staff, you're going to make them um, vicious, they want to set up a competition with you. I remember one time, the only time I've ever properly lost it in my office, and this was years and years ago, um, but someone challenged me because he was supposed to have his systems done for a meeting that we were um, supposed to have, and he was like, no, I haven't done it, and I'm not doing it, what are you going to do about it? And I lost my shit completely, get in the fucking office now. If you don't get in that office now and you know sort this shit out, then... I just lost it, shouted, screamed, um, threatened to fire him. Anyway, he said, yeah, fine. We went and had a meeting. And then two weeks later, he left and nicked three of the staff and, and set up progressing property. Uh, and I have to take my responsibility for that. Um, so, you know, that was definitely wasn't my finest hour. Um, and now I realise people don't work for me. I work for them, you know, like uh, if I can make their environment, their job, their career, I can make them in enjoying, enjoyment, in, in, I can make it enjoyable. Sorry, blah, 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 blah. I think I'll stop waffling now. I think I've pretty much finished. Um, but yeah, um, you serve your staff, trainers, consultants, partners as best you can. Uh, and, and they will want to serve you in return and they will want to grow your business in return. So thanks for tuning in. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Um, if you think this might be useful to anyone that you know, I think a lot of people have got the wrong image about competition. Um, and I think there's collaboration opportunities. There's at least friendship opportunities. There's an exchange of information opportunities uh, that people are missing when they get defensive, aggressive, and they think that they're the victim. You're not the victim. 
um, you know, at the end of the day, anything that a competitor has done to you, you've probably done to a competitor at some stage. When you, uh, you've been copied, you've copied someone else. When you know you've left and set up in, when someone else has left and set up in competition, you probably did that one day. Um, so yeah, thanks for tuning in and have a great day.